0: Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher, Sarah Perry. Hi, folks. Welcome back. This is Sarah Perry, and welcome back to Haven Space. And today, I'm doing a really special interview with a friend of mine that I actually met through a disabilities-focused course that... um, was so graceful to let me into her home and allow me to have some conversations with her about her disability and how she carries her life and then it turns out we're both like really sex positive and through the months it seems that we are much more aligned than we thought so I'm going to let her introduce herself now.
1: Well, hi, I am Kalea Reed. Um, In this scene, I very much go by Bunny. Um, I am 28 years old. I am a chronic illness warrior. I am a Latina, and I am into all things shabari and age play and submission and slave training and so on and so forth. I have been running our... Local BDSM house for close to five years now. Um, And we are very proud of that. And
0: yeah. So, how does that work? When you tell people, well, um, I am responsible for this slew of things um, and this is what I handle in my space, and we are a BDSM house, what does that mean in terms of what literally is a BDSM house and how does that affect your life and being in that space regularly?
1: So, we are a fraternity on steroids. We are a group of people who are very much like-minded that very much focus on what we desire in the community and help each other like develop on that. So in the house, we have multiple people who are S types or D types or whatever the case may be. And we are friends, we support each other. So it's just, a really big fraternity sorority, however you'd like to call it. Um, we focus in on the things that we would like to accomplish for the house, whether that means, um, going to many leather events to, um, brush up on our old guard, whether that means, um, fulfilling people's fantasies, whether that means, um, Teaching and learning from each other, um, and different skills that we have within the community, um, we're just a big network of people who want to do all the kinky things together. So, essentially,
0: when you you got to take a big step back, right? Because a lot of the people that are listening in don't know terms like D types and S types, uh, the leather <coughs> events that you're talking about. To brush up on some word you used that I'm not even aware of. So, why don't you do like a quick play by play on what these words mean, and how using these kinds of verbiage actually give you passageway into kind of more exclusive community safeties, you know?
1: Right. Um, So I guess in general, D-types are um, the dominant type, the top, the one that is doing or giving the orders or leading the play. Um, It just covers the grand scheme of all people who identify with being in a leader position. Um, S-types refers to slaves, submissives, littles, bottoms, whatever it is on the submissive role of that. So anybody who is receiving um, whatever the D-type is presenting. Um, we are just, we just like to take res- like roles and and it just covers a multitude of things. Um, leather is a whole another community in and of its own with their own set of rules, own set of traditions. Um, they have ways of doing things in a very specific way, right? So um, it's very difficult because I think is, you get however many people you get, however many definitions. So you have old guard, you have new guard, you have um, a more strict way of doing things, you have a more lenient way of doing things, and everybody has their own opinion on which one they think is better. Um, But they are very much strict. They have their way of doing things, and you must commit to their way of doing things. And it's just your own way, your own
0: I think what you're saying is that there are some pretty kind of established societal norms inside of these communities and similar to right. um, kind of swinger societies and how there are certain norms in glory hopefully there are certain norms and if you don't know them, you will be excluded from the community sort of just because of disrespect right because when you enter right. a new space. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. And if you think that you're here to forge your own way without paying tribute and without paying dues to the way that things have been done, it's not really that simple. It's not like you just get together and you decide to dress up in a costume that day and then you're like, whip someone and now you're in the community, right? Which, right. which doesn't mean that you can't still enjoy these kinds of role plays in your own life. But really, to fully be part of the community, which is a beautiful and really ritualistic environment, you have to take all of the traditions with you.
1: Right. And it's very much a set of protocols. And like I said, it, as Uh, depending on who you ask, that's the answer you're going to receive. And so I think it's a very protocol driven community. And so yes, you do have to come in with your head down, your tail tucked and understand that they are welcoming you in to help develop you as a person, Um, you with your sexuality, you with your level of BDSM um so yes I think along with the all the excitement comes a big deal of respect and I think that's what's most important in scenes like this and um it's not something you can just rush into um I think some people kind of took the Fifty Shades of Grey fad and just thought like oh I can you know meet a guy and get hit and understand that everything's okay but it's really important that you have a set of people leading you and helping you, and I think that's what's important about things like leather or a community or getting out and joining a house, if that's what you decide, and things like that. I think it comes with the level of respect and understanding um, for for everyone involved, including the people stepping in for the first time.
0: So what do you mean when you say joining a house? You said it's like a fraternity on steroids. So how does a person who is just Mm -hmm. curious, like most of my uh, podcast listeners on the public side are women, and most of them are probably in heteronormative monogamous relationships and do want to listen to like cool, exciting fetishes and things that they may want to incorporate, may not. But how does a person then decide, by the way, I'm going to join this movement... Essentially, but just I just want to see, I just want to get my toes wet. How is that acceptable? What are the proper steps, and how would you find these places?
1: So, joining a house is very much secondary from your own base of learning, right? Like, you we would ask that anybody who um, would like to petition our house, which means um, they would like to approach us and say, I would like to join your house. What would that require? Um, for example, when you petition our house, we require you to do um, housework just to show that you are capable of taking orders. Some houses they believe that you have to um, be following the house for many years and so on. And so, but it comes with a set of skills and some knowledge beforehand, like we wouldn't just accept anybody because we have to keep our own people safe. We have to keep um, the same level of respect for all, you know, all members, their privacy and so on. Um, So the idea of somebody coming in and not having a base knowledge is very scary. Um, We understand the world of BDSM is very fun, new, exciting. And as there's all the things and all these cool things you can learn, but we really ask that you have some research under your belt and understand um The the act of saying no or I don't feel comfortable or red or whatever it is that you have um, is really important. So if somebody was brand new, they say, I want to join your house. I would say, what are you into? What do you like? What do you not know? What can I teach you? What can we benefit from each other? Because if I can't benefit from you, I I want you to benefit from me as well. And I want you to enjoy all the things that I can offer, whether that be rope or age play or – golden showers like if I can provide it I want to give it to you under the the terms of mutual respect mutual communication mutual understanding and I won't provide that to you unless I know that you can give that to me in return
0: so how does that work with I'm sorry finish your sentence
1: no you're good and I think that's the part of building a house is what skills can we all provide a central unit to make us better as a whole
0: That's amazing. It makes a lot of sense, too, because it is a kind of safeguarded community for a reason, right? Um, My question is, how does it work when you have someone who is kind of naturally a D-type and then they come into an environment where they do have to do certain things? Like they do have to do housework. They do have to prove themselves. They have to follow. They have to follow instructions. How does that work in terms of their natural flow of what they're looking for and then realizing that acceptance into the community actually means deviating from that?
1: I think we come from a a society that really gives into the instant gratification. We um, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, So we get these D-type, these microwave doms, these people who think that they can come in and, you know, fast forward their track without having to do anything in return, and it's not safe. Um, In order to give, you must receive as well, whether that means instruction or dialogue or a set of rules. Like, you have to receive those in order to flourish. Um, For example, a lot of D-types that I know and a lot of people in leather truly believe you have to start at the bottom in order to sling a whip you have to first know what it feels like in the police academy they don't just give you a taser you have to be tasered and um I don't I think that people believe because BDSM is so fun and it's so engaging that it's almost like a play um we get treated like a king that that can be turned on and turned off and I think that's important about um BDSM is people in the community truly believe that this is who they are they don't operate without you know a d-type saying so and so this idea that I can turn my submission on and off and kind of operate my life with it like in the bedroom I think is very difficult and I think that's what you know mainstream media has led us to believe is that it's fun and it's exciting and some guy's going to come and you're going to do X, Y, and Z and he's going to have some big mention and it's not like that. It's going to be, you know, Jacob in his house and in his world, Jacob, this hypothetical Jacob, is a part of everything that goes on and he's taking the time to understand every nook and cranny for someone to just come along and say, Hey, I'm going to throw a collar on. It's going to be fun. It's going to be no big deal, but I'm going to turn that on and off. And it's to me quite disrespectful of the, the space that people have built for themselves and the community as well. Um, so I think it really comes from understanding yourself first and foremost, and understanding that you have to start at the bottom to understand what it feels like to be at the top. You will never appreciate an S type unless you were treated in a submissive manner um, because you've never been on the receiving end. You don't know what it's like. And I'm not saying you have to go through something to completely understand it, but there's a base knowledge you need to have. You're, you're controlling someone else's life uh, or you're being controlled by somebody, and there is much, so much of a trust that needs to go on, and I need to trust that you know what you're talking about, and there's just some things you can only speak from with experience.
0: I hear what you're saying. Do you find that it is sometimes for some people something that they're comfortable with role-playing at home instead of a intrinsic part of their in like identity. Or Mm. I can definitely see how it seems disrespectful to be like, oh, I'm submissive, right? But I also know people who are submissive, but have been bred in this world of kind of free thinking, liberal feminist movements, where even women who traditionally feel very aroused and very comfortable, much more comfortable going through their lives um, with somebody being more dominant over them can have a hard time letting that transition into areas outside of the bedroom, simply because I think it could become toxic very quickly. And we are Mm. so hyper aware of it um, that we kind of police our own inclinations to allow that to happen. So Mm. do you think that you could coexist as a person that feels only comfortable allowing into parts of your sexual life and not into other parts of your life or would those people be in a separate category that probably have no room inside of the dynamics that you operate in?
1: So I think the community, like I've said before that it's all about what you give into it. I understand like the hesitancy of, um, saying like, I don't know about this. This is crazy. I'm Latina. I was taught to believe that you run it, you own your shit, you become a boss, you do X, Y, and Z. And to be submitted to a man willingly goes against everything that I was taught. Right. I know that I craved to be told what to do and to kind of surrender a lot of that control. So it hurts my heart to think that there are, are people who believe that, um, that it goes against everything that they were taught because it does. And it hurts to know that these people aren't um, indulging in their fantasy simply because mm-hmm. of a mindset that we've been taught to believe. And so I believe that you can exist in all manners of BDSM, whether that means like just in the bedroom, just to kink you know, things up, spice it up with my partner or like, 24-7, 365, no matter what, and there very much is a range. Um, if you want to go deeper into it, you can go as deep as you want to go. You can go as crazy, complete, consensual, non-consent, I don't know what's going on, or you can just say, hey, sometimes I like to get spanked during, the, you know, during sex with my partner, and that's okay too. Um, but if you're going to give into it, the community very much gives it back. And I think that's what's important is – Um, We get newbies all the time at a munch that say, hey, look, I don't know, I'm brand new, I'm terrified. And that's okay. You're allowed to not know. We've all had to be the newbie. We've all had to kind of learn. But this idea that you're going to come in and be new and fast track your way to the community, I think is unrealistic. And that's what I see most from people is that they want the instant gratification and they're not willing to take the time to really invest
0: in it. So how about people who are new into the community, but don't necessarily have a partner, like in swinger lifestyles or in polyamory communities, um, it is acceptable to kind of jump your way around different partners. And it's part of the reason that you join the community because people that have more experience have more partners than you do and you can meet people that are similar minded and even just as friendships it's nice to have friends that aren't judging you for the kind of crap you do regularly. So when you're talking about your house and your community of people, are these people that you can join as a single person and then end up having partners that you meet through there or are you kind of supposed to have joined with someone who is your kind of counterpart already?
1: Um. I think the only way to answer that is to give a little bit of a story about how I came into the community. Um, I was always kind of intrigued by um, this idea of servitude and so on and so forth. And so it really took a lot of (laughs) like Googling. And a lot of um, time on Facebook um, in which somebody referred me to Fet Life. I got on Fet Life. I established um, people in my area. I lurked on all the munches. And one day, I literally, little old me at 22 years old, was like, I'm going to go to a munch by myself, me, myself, and I. I was terrified. I thought these people were going to kidnap me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make an evacuation plan, just in case I, you know, these people are nuts and they're vampires and they're going to eat me. And I had, you know, all the, all the scapegoats. And I actually went and people are not as scary. These are doctors. These are nurses. They're everyday people just trying to enjoy their sexuality. And um, it took going once or twice for me to feel brave enough to say, hi, I'm Bunny. This is me. This is who I am. And then gradually you meet somebody who um will mentor you I have a tendency to stick people under my wing and say hey I'd like to help you um that comes with its own vetting process and I think um like sketchy people are sketchy people in and out of BDSM so you really have to understand um and vet people the best that you can um And we are very good at um, making our predators kind of known. We don't hide it. We are here to protect immunity because you are most vulnerable when you're brand new, when you're the, you know, the shark bait and all this other stuff. And we want to protect our people too. We don't want a bad name. We don't want to be the one in the news about how somebody was, God forbid killed because they went to a munch and they met all these vampires. So it comes with its own set of vetting. But we don't require maximum knowledge in the beginning. I don't expect you to know all things submission, right? But a willingness to learn is number one. And a willingness to step out of what you've been taught is number two. And I think it shows a lot about who you are as a person when you're willing to take a huge leap of faith. And um, sometimes, like, people are not. And I understand that. And that's okay. But we all are here because we showed up to much, and we got to know people and we did the time to research. So I think it's important that, um, to be ready, you need to be ready and you need to understand what that's like for you. And you need to understand your own boundaries, um, as far as being introduced and, and coming into the scene. And so, yeah, I just think that this idea that, you know, you have to have a secret club member that knows the password to the gate and like, it's not that. It's a bunch of people who um, want to enjoy you just as much as you want to enjoy them. Um, and I think that comes with its own set of risks, but it comes with so much reward.
0: So these the munches end. you're talking about is like a life event where people get together. But these events are not the same as like going to a dungeon where automatically you're showing up to activities. Like a networking event, if you will.
1: Exactly. So, um, a munch is essentially a way to vet people. Um, for example, there are many rules in the scene to be invited into a private home. I need to know who you are. Um, I'm inviting you into a very special place and a very sacred place. And I want to know that you're not as creepy just as much as you want to know that I'm not creepy. And so that just allow us to kind of talk. Um, most of the times, 99% of the time, hopefully, It is in a public place where um, if you feel uncomfortable, you can leave. Um, And all we do is we come, we have coffee, we chit chat. Um, Funny enough, 90% of the time, the conversation is completely vanilla. Um, We talk about, you know, what's happening in the world. And did we see the wreck that happened on the news today? And it's just a way of me getting to know you just as much as you're getting to know me. And then you can kind of see what they're like naked. And then you get to see all the fun stuff. But um, I want to know that you're not there and talking about like something absolutely ridiculous that I feel is unsafe because at the end of the day, you're being welcomed into um, somebody's home where we have to trust that you're not going to out us just as much as you have to trust that we're not going to come and devour you on a kitchen table. Like trust just goes Mm -hmm. always. And, I think it's important to have that on your sleeve, is to be vulnerable and to have trust and to, and to um, understand that in order to re- really enjoy yourself and to really let go, you have to first lean in. And I think it's important to lean in.
0: What about sobriety? Like, are there rules inside of your house and really in the community about maintaining sobriety so that... When you're doing things like breath play, when you're doing things like shabari, that you are making sure that people are under you are safe and that you are making accurate decisions for like what feels comfortable because sometimes your body responds differently when you're all numb and tingly than when you can feel all of your extremities.
1: Right. Um, and I think that, um, people have a different opinion about, um, their level of, sobriety at a party for example we allow alcohol we understand that sometimes it just takes a little bit of go-go juice sometimes you just need to kind of drop that inhibition just a little um I will not play you I will not allow you to be played because you cannot consent um you I don't know that you are coherent enough to understand your safe words and what that means and what the people around you understand what that means and so um Like, yes, I get it. You have to loosen up. I, Hey, look, I'm all for it. But it comes with a level of resolve. It comes with a level of responsibility. And so if you're going to drink, cool, have fun, drink. I'm not going to let you go home drunk. I'm not going to let you play. Um, And you have to just understand that I'm doing that for the safety of everybody involved. Um, If you can't be aware and conscious enough or if you feel that you have to get so drunk or or high or whatever it is that you need to do, then I would say, I don't think you're ready. If you have to let loose that much, then I think that you're like, it's a way of numbing something. And what are you numbing? And then we can go from there. Like I, like it's all, it's okay to drink. We're all of age, hopefully. Um, And so It just worries me that people would feel that they have to be completely um, without inhibitions in order to feel good. The idea of being in this community is to feel good without needing to do X, Y, and Z to get there, right? It has its own set of euphoria that it can offer you, and you're just numbing that by trying to drown it because of fear. And so I would really say, if you feel like you need to come and do drugs or come and drink, then I don't think you're ready for a scene anyway. Um, I very much value sobriety. Um, I myself drink alcohol. I myself like to relax. Um, And I just... I don't feel like you need the extra on top of the extra on top of the extra just to get what you want, you know? I just... I have my own issues with alcohol and people who are drunk um, and I just don't feel like it's safe. And some people will argue, say, Hey, but when I have, you know, four or five drinks, I I'm most comfortable. And your safety in my house is number one, period. And if if I can't guarantee you safety, then um, I don't, don't want you to, to play here. I don't want you to let loose here because If you're unable to consent, then I'm harboring a place for consent violations to go on, and that's not okay with me.
0: So when you host events at your place, and you're hosting a scene, then does everybody get to be a spectator to that scene? And then can newbies come in just to view without actually participating in the scene? Or is there one of these arrangements where you're like, you're pretty much agreeing to participate if you're showing up?
1: There is a level of understanding that when you come to a kink event that you were perhaps going to see something kinky um we don't just sit around and be kinky we practice it and most people who come to a party cannot practice at home um so the idea of you coming in and watching and learning is very much welcomed in this house um we ask that you have um some respect for the the scenes that are going on for example if there is a shabari scene happening um that you don't step in you don't touch you don't look in you know, these people are in trying to enjoy however long, like their are 15 minutes of letting loose and doing exactly what makes them feel happy. Um, because we all, we all are here because something's piqued our interest. So if you are a, a visitor in my home and you see something, you say, I want to experience that. I'm all for you asking those people, as long as, they are okay with teaching you. Um, there are some people who don't. There are some people who believe that they're, the, the things that they engage in are some holy grail. It's not. All, all things are accessible to you. And so um, those people will very much make it known that, hey, I would like to have a private scene. They agree with the host. We put them in a private room, and then you can do it all by yourself. Why are you out and about? I don't know. But, hey, like, I understand privacy. But you have but good we want furniture to... and
0: stuff. I mean, you got the stuff to do it that most people don't have sitting around at their house, right?
1: Okay, good. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> like, I just I'm, – I'm a learner. I want to do all the things. If there wasn't all of the above, that, that's me. Like, if there is a fetish for it, I probably want to explore it. And so I just – I want to see and touch and do all the things. And I think sometimes I even get ahead of myself. I've been in this scene, God, eight, nine years, almost 10 years. And so it very much is like, Oh, let's do all the things, but it comes with its own precautions, you know? And, um, I try to make it known that I'm willing to help. So um, if I see somebody that's new, they're kind of cowering in the corner, I'll go up to them, introduce myself, let them know who I am, let them know, ask them questions, and say, hey, oh, you like getting spanked? I know a guy. Like, let's come, ask questions, get to learn, learn something new, and get spanked if you want to, if that's what you're comfortable with. And so... I'm just, my friends call me the facilitator. I want to facilitate all the things. I want you to get as much out of something as humanly possible. And so um, I know when I go to a party, there's gonna, somebody is going to wonder, why is she hanging from the ceiling? Why does she have ropes around her body? And I want to educate that person because I want them to know what it feels like when I'm being tied up. I want them to feel that if that's what they want to do. And so this idea that we're holier than thou and that we are some gatekeepers of the community and you have to, you know, do this and scrub floors in order to be taught how to be spanked. It's it's bullshit, to be honest with you. Like, we, like, I'm a human being. This is, I'm just a lonely accountant trying to get her rocks (laughs) off on the weekend. Like, you're not some grand dom of all things kink. Like, Come on now.
0: But why don't yeah. you give us a taste about what we will be discussing not next week, but the week after, um, because I'm really excited about it and I want to get people's wheels turning.
1: Absolutely. I think, um, I'll tell you what I'm excited for. You and I have talked about discussing age play and what that is and what that is like and what being a little middle a big is um, and all that fun adult baby stuff. Um And I think that's gonna be an interesting conversation. Um, That's a niche within a niche, and it's not talked about enough, um, except when BuzzFeed does really horrible articles about adult babies, but either way. um.
0: But I am very much looking forward to being able to tap in. Um, If there is a way that my community can support you, if they can search for you somehow that you feel comfortable, um, will you plug it in right here?
1: Yeah, so I can be found on Instagram at NaughtyKalea, k n l t t y, but um, I can be found there. I can be found on FetLife under Naughty Buddy, i b u n n y. I'm all over the Houston scene. If you, I'm big and rambunctious. If you can't find me, not, like ask somebody because I'm everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's important that your viewers. Um, understand that it's okay to ask questions i would love to answer those questions i want um people to engage i know i said a lot of words that are like what and um i i'm excited to see like the floodgates start to open in the future
0: hopefully there are amazing floodgates and my goal always is to leave people with more pleasure in their lives than they imagine themselves worthy of I have a friend that posted something the other day. Actually, Britt posted, I'm just trying to open minds, hearts, and legs. And I thought, ah, me too. (laughs) Yeah, if people feel comfortable living an asexual life, that doesn't mean they should not have access to pleasure in ways that don't involve physical touch, maybe. So I am completely open to everybody feeling fantastic. And I am so glad to have you to share some of that with. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.